1: You, people, welcome to Ditch the Ick, As always, I'm Katie, your host, and I am so stoked about today's episode because we get to have a conversation with somebody I've gotten to know pretty well this year about one of you know many tools in your self awareness toolkit, Human Design, which is something I've gotten really into this year and has really helped me figure out a lot of insights for myself in my day-to-day life, in my professional life, and in my dating and relationships as well. So today we're going to talk all about human design with Michelle. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so stoked to have you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into human design?
0: Yeah, of course. So I am 31 years old, which I think is like such a random age in like 31. I'm originally from Wisconsin, so I'm a Midwest girl at heart, but I currently live in Florida and I've married my high school sweetheart. We've been married for five years now and we just had our first son. So, so exciting. I'm a brand new mom, so I'm definitely learning how to balance relationships in a whole new way being a mom for sure. I found human design in 2019. I had just moved from Wisconsin to Florida. And back in Wisconsin, I was a fitness like instructor. Mm-hmm. I also taught yoga. So when I came to Florida, before the shutdown and before everything, I was teaching fitness classes.
1: Oh, cool.
0: And I was doing it virtually because my studio still wanted... Uh, my class is available for, for the students. And this just naturally trickled into me starting an online business. I ended up getting my personal trainer certificate and I wanted to train people online. And if anyone started a business online, you know, personal development, self-improvement kind of just like slaps you in the face and is like, all right, this is how you're going to be successful if you're not improving yourself, then you're not gonna make the money or get the clients that you want. So naturally, I dove into that. And human design kind of just snuck into my world. And ever since I just became obsessed with it. And there's no doubt that the things I've manifested in the life I've created today is 100% due to living in alignment with my energy.
1: I love that. And that's one of the big things I want to do with Ditch the Ick too, is like help people create lives that feel aligned, that they don't feel like they have to like be in a certain box. Or there's a lot of, I think, things that expectations that society puts on us as women. And it's really important that we get to know ourselves as much as possible in order to like, really make sure we're living a life that we want, that we've intentionally created and not just one that was like thrust upon us based on our circumstances so if I try to explain human design it's gonna be ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) but it is like it's almost like I the way I kind of have told my friends and family about it is like it's like a like the next level almost of like astrology, right? Because it is based on like your birth time and like charts and things. And so there is some of that that ties in. But can you give us like a little high level overview of like what human design is and what it means?
0: Totally. Yeah. So human design is like another system similar to astrology. It actually combines multiple systems like the I Ching, astrology, the chakra system, all of these different modalities into one. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way that I like to describe human design for people is it's a blueprint of your energy. So if you think about your physical body having energy, which I have a my background is in science, so I have a master's in molecular biology, and that's, this is actually what made me fall in love with human design, is the fact that it is actually very science-y. Like, yes, it's still a pseudoscience, but it has a lot of hard science elements wrapped into it. Like, quantum physics is a big part of human design. So, in quantum physics is kind of like the woo-woo of the hard sciences, <laughs> if you think about it. But we all learned about atoms, right? And you mm-hmm. learned about how they're con- everything we have in this world is constantly moving. It's molecules moving. So even this cup, even though it's hard and solid, it's a bunch of atoms and a bunch of molecules moving around. So that's energy. Like there's energy moving between the atoms. So us as human beings have that same energy mm-hmm. and human design creates this System to allow you to understand the way that your energy interacts with other people, interacts with the world around you, with the planets, and it really, really allows you to just, like, understand your yourself and your physical body
1: and your internal body in a whole new, deeper way. That's awesome. Honestly, I had no idea about your master's in molecular <laughs> biology. And I'm such a nerd.
0: <laughs> I'm really a nerd.
1: <laughs> I love it so much. That just takes this to like a whole new level. So tell me a little bit. So we're both projectors, which is a real fun time. Oh, yeah. and so, <laughs> so tell me, tell us a little bit about like the different types of human yeah. design.
0: Yeah. So when you first start learning about your design and you can go pull your chart for free, there's so many resources. Your type is one of the first things you're going to want to focus on. And your type is really about your aura. So Mm -hmm. your aura is ultimately your energy field that's like six feet around you. And each different type has their own form of auric field. So to like really briefly go through them, generators and manifesting generators, they have uh, like an enveloping aura. So theirs is very open and it's very attractive because it's, they're here to like respond to things. So Mm -hmm. they tend to manifest things very quickly. Like they attract things very easily and they're meant to follow their inner guide to like respond to that. Uh, Projectors like Katie and I, we have a focused aura. So our aura goes kind of forward instead of being all around us. And that allows us to really see people. We can see things other people don't see. We can kind of like, you know, see through the lines. We almost have like x-ray vision. And this allows us to tap into our gifts of being able to provide an insight that other people don't always see. But some people don't like that insight because it can be very harsh, you know, like not everyone wants someone staring at them with x-ray glasses on. Uh, Then we have manifestors who have a closed aura and ultimately that just means that they're meant to really focus on themselves because manifestors get downloads from source and these show up as urges within them. So they're meant to act upon those urges if it aligns with their decision making and having that closed aura allows them to kind of like cut off from other people to... Make sure that they're not getting confused because I know that it can be difficult to, you know, listen to your intuition, know what, what's a download versus intrusive thoughts and just be yes. like nonsense. <laughs> so um manifestors have that closed aura to help them tune into themselves more. But that just means other people around them might have a harder time getting them. So manifestors can sometimes feel very misunderstood. And then the last type is. Reflectors and they have a, they have a sampling aura. So what that means is that they kind of like tap into multiple different people around them to get like a really uh deeper understanding. So they're so as the projector is really good at seeing one, reflectors are good at seeing many. So they can really identify patterns or themes within groups of people or groups of things, and they just get this intuitive knowing of something needs to be fixed here or oh this like these people need this like so working within groups and working um within patterns is really really well for reflectors and i believe that reflectors are the true empaths of the world cuz they're constantly taking in energy from people around them and they just can really understand humanity in a way that no other type can
1: that's amazing it's really funny cuz in my like human design journey so far, I've been really focused on learning about myself and my type and how I apply that in my day-to-day life and my business. And I've never really thought about how it could apply to dating, but the way you just described the projector aura really had some light bulbs going yes. <laughs> off for me. Yes. <laughs> I had some light bulbs going off about like, you know, how how that has manifested in some of my, my past relationships or dating experiences where because I can see somebody so clearly and like really just like dive in deep, it also means that I'm like in danger of really dating the person for their potential and not how they're actually showing up. So there's a great insight I'll have to unlock in therapy later, but... <laughs>
0: You know, it's very common for both projectors and reflectors to get stuck on potential because they both are very receptive types. So it's also not uncommon in the dating realm for reflectors or projectors to be the ones asking all the questions and being like, oh, like you're the one who's (laughs) like digging into the conversation, right? And the other person's just spending the whole time answering the questions. And then you sit back at the end of the date and you go, wow they didn't ask me anything about
1: me. Like this was like an interview pretty much for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that's so funny because I have noticed that like, I mean, I can talk to a wall, you know, that like I could literally (laughs) Archie and I have some really great in-depth conversations, but um, you know, looking back, I I realized that I was doing that a couple of years ago that I was almost always the person driving the conversation forward. And it wasn't, you know, creating that two-way exchange for connection to be built. So I've actually like made some rules for myself of like, you know, the most questions I can ask in a row, unless it's like, unless it's like, you know, like a clarification or something like that is like three. And then it's on them to like pick the ball up, ask me a question, like that sort of thing, whether it's in a message or even on a date, it's like. You know, I want to make sure that it is that like equal exchange.
0: Totally. Well, projectors have a proneness to feeling bitter and resentful. Like that's just kind of our natural, like yes. when we get irritated, like that's where we fall and that this happens often, right? Like, and it's kind of like this cycle that we have a hard time breaking. We enjoy learning about people. We enjoy educating ourselves we like asking the questions mm-hmm. so we ask the questions they answer them then towards the end of the date or in any moment we realize wow they've never asked anything about me then we immediately get resentful cuz we think why aren't they asking about me and then at least in my shoes i would shut down so then i like like i'm yeah. done i'm not asking any more questions you can ask about me and then when they don't and then i'm like oh my god they don't care like this is pointless like they don't want anything to do with me and it just becomes this this cycle and then at least in my shoes as a projector i make it i would make it mean something about me so then yeah. i'm like why don't they want to ask questions mm-hmm. they don't care i must be boring one of my biggest insecurities is being boring. So it's like, oh my God, if someone doesn't want to talk to me, like they think I'm boring. Yep. And oh my God. <laughs> and it just becomes this in like this spiral ultimately. Mm-hmm. But understanding your energy as a projector, like you said, it allows you to go, okay, I know I can be a little intense. I know I like to go deep. I'm gonna take a deep breath and I'm gonna let the conversation be fun and playful and just chill. Because I know us at 2S Projectors, we love to skip the small talk and go straight to the trauma. Like, let's just talk about the deep stuff. Like,
1: <laughs> tell me. Let's get it, it all out of the way yet. before we get too far down this road. Because yeah. like, I don't want to end up like three months down the line. <laughs> right? Like,
0: just I casually just trauma dump on people. No big deal. <laughs> but I not every type is like that. Generators and manifesting generators, they make up 70% of the population. So chances are if you're going on 10 dates, 7 out of 10 of those dates are going to be generators and manifesting generators. So it's very likely that you are connecting on a date with a generator or a a mani-gen. And they definitely have a different approach to life. They have a different approach to dating. So they're going to keep it maybe a little bit more casual. They're going to have a little bit more fun. Like they want to kind of keep their options open, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's so fun and interesting to watch the different types date because it's very, I'm trying to think of the word. It's just very different between each of the types.
1: It is. So let's talk a little bit about the different types. And like, you know, I love the numbers that you're giving about like the percentage of the population to kind of like help navigate, you know, this is the most common, this is probably the least common, but you know, what do like, what is one thing that each type brings to a relationship? And what is one thing that like each type would need from their partner in a relationship?
0: Definitely. So we'll start with the least common and we'll work our way up to to the most common. So reflectors are the most rare. They make up about 1% of the population. So if you go on 10 dates, you will be lucky if you even get a chance to date a reflector. (laughs) Um, Something that reflectors bring to a relationship is that they really help you see a higher potential of yourself so reflectors are really good at kind of, kind of like, they're like a reflection, like they're like a mirror to you and your higher potential. However, that can also be very draining for mm-hmm. them. Like they don't want to, like reflectors can feel very ignored almost in a relationship. Um, They might feel like they don't have their own identity. So it's really important if you are dating a reflector or on a in a relationship with a reflector is first allow them excuse me to have space to talk reflectors love to talk like they're so chatty like just let them talk and create a space that allows them to explore themselves and feel comfortable being themselves ask them like what movies do they want to watch right like encourage them to explore their own interests and their own identity because it's really easy for a reflector to kind of just like grasp someone else's identity and like become this become you ultimately and mm-hmm. you know it's fun when people like the same things you like right so you're like yeah let's go do this let's go do that and you, you're sitting there thinking like they must love this because they're doing yeah. it but it's checking in and saying like hey do you actually like coming to like the bags tournaments with me on the weekends or do, would you rather be doing something else or encouraging them to also like have their own hobby of their own so yeah. that, you know that it's just adding to their own personal identity
1: so the first thing that popped into my mind as you're explaining this I don't know if you're into Parks and Rec but Parks and Rec and and I the watched Office it like Life. once but but I, there's I don't know <laughs> there's an episode where Leslie confronts Ann Perkins yeah. about how she becomes each one of her partners mm-hmm. so like when she was dating I forget like there was the the time she was like a cow like had a bunch of cowboy stuff or a bunch of like you know grunge stuff when she was dating Andy and so like she ended up selling like each box of things at this rummage sale but it just kind of made me think of that because I was like the personification of it and I feel like though too like as as women, sometimes that's something we tend to do, especially in our younger years when we were like kind of figuring out who we are and what we like. And so it's just so, I feel like that's, that can be a re- experience that a lot of people can relate to, maybe not like all the time, but like at one point in our lives, I feel like a lot of us have pretended to like something that we actually hate for a partner and it usually doesn't work out great. <laughs> totally. So, uh, like reflectors
0: aren't the only types that yeah. are prone to this. On the chart, if you look up your chart and you see this diamond in the middle, mm-hmm. that's your G center. And if you have this white, like I do, or if it's not colored, yeah. that means that you have the center undefined. And that means that you're taking in this energy from outside of yourself. And this center is all around identity, authenticity, love. So what can happen often is people who have this undefined, we're kind of like social chameleons. So we take in the identity of people around us because we just want to label ourselves. Like we love labeling ourselves as undefined G-Centers. And my husband has a defined G-Center. So it's really interesting because... I can see where I say things he says or I like pick up little nuancey things that he does. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is my undefined G-Center <laughs> taking this in. And when I was younger, this definitely showed up as like being the cool girl. Yeah, I was always the yeah. chill, cool girl. So I guys loved me because I was I would do it like. I wasn't like the other girls, I wasn't preppy, I wasn't annoying, I liked watching them play video games, even though I didn't, and I would watch them play Madden forever in the basement, and I'm like, this is so fun, and it wasn't fun, but I said it was, because I wanted to be different than all Mm -hmm. the other girls you know but that's definitely just my undefined g center not having a strong identity not having like a connection with my own authenticity so I was just trying to fit in with the crowd and try to be who I thought that these people wanted me to be so the g center is definitely a big center in relation to dating for design so if you have a little bit of knowledge around this, definitely explore this energy more in your chart because this is going to give a lot of insight of potentially where you're avoiding love, where you're maybe looking for other people for love and you're not being authentic. And when mm-hmm. you're not being authentic, you're not going to find that person for you. But it's going to be really hard, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's. <laughs> In my head, I don't know why I was trying to keep this joke in, but I'm gonna say it. And then, <laughs> but I was like, it's all about the G's, right? Because you got <laughs> like, is you gotta know about your G center and we're, and a G spot, right? Like it's the two,
0: two most important, two
1: most important things. Um, I would, I mean, I would say
0: I would almost argue the G center is probably the most important, yeah. in the whole body graph. So especially
1: the way you just described it, like it is so important to recognize that and. It just unlocked a bunch of stuff for me. But I'm, if we go down that rabbit hole, we'll be here forever. Yeah.
0: Um, and I want to also say, because yeah. we're talking about people with undefined G-Centers. So, so people with undefined G-Centers, right? We have a tendency to look for love outside of ourselves. We're trying to find who we are and mold it to be other people. But what happens if you have a defined G G-Center? So you're probably thinking like, well, mine's colored in. What does that mm-hmm. mean? So ultimately, like that means you're meant to be someone who has a strong... Connection with yourself and your identity. And you're putting that identity out into the world so that other people like me can take in and kind of taste and play with your identity and take what I like and take like Mm -hmm. dismiss what I don't like. But your identity stays very consistent. But what happens a lot with people with defined G centers is at one point in your life, either a parent, a friend, a partner made you feel like the person you are is not good enough it's not smart enough not pretty enough not worthy enough what and plethora of enoughs so you decide that's not good I'm gonna mm-hmm. put a mask on and pretend to be someone else even though I know I have this other version bubbling inside of me
1: that is so good
0: so like for me as an undefined yeah. G, I don't know who I am. So there is no like version of me bubbling. My search right. is like, oh, I want to, like, I want to figure out who you I am. You want to
1: try all the things and see yes. what, see what you like, what you don't yep. like. But as is... a
0: defined G-Center, it's like, you know who you are,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you're hiding it. And you don't want other people to see it because you're embarrassed or you're ashamed because no. at one point in your life, someone made you feel that way
1: that could spawn a whole other conversation. about (laughs) Childhood trauma and human design. 100%. So, so that's the least common, right? The reflector. So what, what's the next type?
0: Yep. So then we have manifestors. So manifestors, if you are a manifestor, you 1000% need freedom and independence in your relationships. And I probably don't need to tell you that because you probably already know, but it's really important to have your boundaries and Find that relationship that allows you to have your alone time. Because there's nothing more irritating or frustrating to a manifester than trying to be controlled or trying to be told what to do. They're very kind of free spirits. So mm-hmm. you want someone who can support you in that freedom and in that independence. Because if you have someone trying to lock you down or someone who needs you to like. Tone it down, that's just, it's not going to work for you in the long term. And if you catch yourself as a manifester not having alone time, not having your independence, this is a great opportunity to start setting boundaries and opening that door. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: your partner may not necessarily be against it, but it might, there might be a little resistance if you've never asked for independence before and now you are. Yeah. You know, so it's just kind of, having that nuance in your relationship. But manifestors, definitely give yourself at least 15 to 20, 15 to 30 minutes, I would say, a day where you're just alone doing your own thing and you're following your own inner flow, your own creativity.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that that also comes into like, you know, making sure that you are clear on, like, this is where those self-awareness tools come in, right? Because you get real clear on like what your needs are and not that like you're going to identify with any of these, like 110%, right? Like, but you know, the things that are resonating with you, the things that are like, oh my gosh, yeah, I do do that in my life. It's really helpful to help you enunciate and clearly speak what it is that you need from a partner from the get-go, right? Like it's. Yeah. It's just really helpful. And manifestors
0: like, and that's the thing too, like there's so much nuance to human design. So mm-hmm. I, I'm i talking at like the highest level. Yeah. So Like,
1: I know if- there's like the profiles and the centers oh, and like yeah. it's a whole deep thing. It's, it goes so deep. So that's why if you're
0: like not 110% relating with the things with the types, like there's likely other parts of your chart that are pointing you in it. We're like, if you're a cosmic once in a lifetime event like mm-hmm. i'm not going to be able to explain you in in a hour podcast yeah. right yeah. like without like going deep into your into your design but yeah i mean that's what i love about human design too is it just allows you to to ask the question and sometimes when you're trying to learn about yourself and improve your relationships you don't even know where to start you don't even know what questions to ask i know like for me they're always like, you got to do the inner work. And I'm like, okay, but what does that mean? Like, what do I do? Like what? And it's when you're working on your mindset, you can't always identify your flaws because Mm -hmm. you don't know what you don't know. So like, if you don't know that you're, you could, you would enjoy having more freedom in your relationship until it, it, maybe until it gets to a point where you're like miserable, right? So you want to kind of catch these things before they get to the point where you're miserable and human design can help you, can help you do that.
1: I love that.
0: So what's the next type?
1: Yep, I'm learning so much. I'm loving this.
0: Yes. So reflectors are 1%. I don't think I said manifestors are around that eight to 9%. Okay. And then projectors make up about 20%. So now we're getting like a, a bigger chunk of people. Something that projectors really need in relationships is someone who will listen to them, someone who will create space for them to talk and to have their opinion shared. Like there's nothing I love more than when my husband, who's a generator, has a work problem and he calls me and he explains the situation and he goes, what do you think I should do? And I'm just like, oh, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you should do it's like my my absolute favorite thing in the world or whatever he's like looking for my advice right but that wasn't always the case like mm-hmm. that's something we had to like work on and I I've I've had to work on you know not throwing my opinions at him either so that's oh, wow. like from my point I have to keep my thoughts to myself so when you're dating definitely keep your thoughts and opinions to yourself as a projector. Um, you can have like, obviously have nuance and have fun with it, but we can ease. Oh, and I mean, I don't want to get too into astrology, but I feel like there are certain signs too, like Aries. We just kind of like piss people off. Like yeah, we do <laughs> very easily. So like, I can say things and my husband will just be like, oh, like, why are you having an attitude? And I'm like, I was joking. Like, I'm not even having an attitude, but it's just like received so like harshly. Yeah. So be mindful of your jokes and your criticisms, especially on those early dates, because you never know how they're going to take it. And our auras are very penetrating, but you definitely want to find someone who is a good listener because projectors, we can easily feel ignored in mm-hmm. relationships if our partners never ask us how we're doing or ask for our opinion or our insight and our insight is our superpower so if you have someone who doesn't value your insight or value your opinion or what you think you're never going to feel appreciated or valued in that relationship so it's really important to communicate that mm-hmm. if if you're with someone or you're just starting to get to know someone just just let them know that you're a great, projectors are great listeners, first off. Like, we are always the person people come to, right? But just making sure people around you know that you want that in return as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, because that's projectors huge.
0: say some really fucking powerful stuff if we're just asked. Yep. If someone just gives us the space to say it.
1: Yeah. And I think that's maybe one of the biggest lessons I've learned too, even before I learned about human design was kind of like almost not just word vomiting my advice all over somebody when they didn't ask for it, because it's so like, we just, we just genuinely focus in and can like get that insight, but making sure that like, it's, it's invited, right? Like that, that advice is invited in. It's a learned Um, skill.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's taken me years to finally be able to naturally bite my tongue and just be like, especially with the people you care about the most, mm-hmm. right? Like family, best friends, people you're dating. Like those are the people you want to help the most. And mm-hmm. you have a five line in your profile, which it that's like the problem solver. So then that adds to this, like, I just need to you help all of the, the <laughs> shell. Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm just like, well, let me do everything I can to help you. and we just just know as a pro- if you're a projector listening to this right now if you give someone advice that they don't ask for you're only wasting your own energy mm-hmm. because you're spewing all this stuff at them and it's bouncing off of them like yeah. it, they're not even receiving it and yeah. it's, it's just gonna cause you to be burnt out bitter resentful fatigued irritated and it's not worth it yeah. so just wait. They will ask. I always feel like projectors like, no one's going to ever ask me for anything. I promise you they will ask. They will. Just give them a chance. And when they ask, they'll actually listen and then they'll actually do what you say. And then you actually feel good about giving them that advice instead of the other way. So we can talk about the next two types, which are generators Mm -hmm. and manifesting generators. These are the two most popular types, um, they're pretty even. They're both, like, around, like, 35 to 37% of the population. Generators, definitely, definitely need in a relationship someone to respect their work. Someone who doesn't mind listening to them talk about work. Someone who encourages them to, like, excel at work or find a career that that they enjoy. Because work is really important to generators, like them finding what lights them up. And you don't always necessarily have to make it work like their career. A lot of generators do. But if they don't care so much about work, it's definitely helping them then find like a hobby or a passion for them to funnel their sacral energy into. My husband has finally found his niche. So he like loves his job. And when I tell you he talks about it all the time, like, I, and I, and I, I, as a projector, not that I don't care about work, but I'm just like, eh, I never talk about my, my full-time job. Mm-hmm. I'm just, even my business, I don't really talk about yeah. that much with him unless he asks. But him, like, his whole world just revolves around work because he loves it and he's passionate. So everything he talks about is work-related. So for us, I know that because he's a generator it's good for me to encourage that behavior so i ask questions and i engage in the conversation instead of saying all you ever talk about is work which i have said that in the past and it just caused a fight and wasn't wasn't good so if you're a generator or if you're dating a generator understand that work is A really important part of their life. Mm -hmm. And you want someone who can support that part of your life, not make you feel guilty about it, not make you feel bad about it, not make you feel like you're a workaholic or feel ignored. But on the flip side, you also have to be mindful if your partner is being ignored, if you are being a workaholic, Mm -hmm. right? So it's this fine balance, but you definitely don't want to just write off your work and your passions as a generator because that's going to leave you feeling frustrated Mm -hmm. and angry and then the last type is a manifesting generator which is like a nuanced version of generators so I would say the work also applies to manifesting generators but I think something even more important is finding someone that can keep up with you if you're a manifesting generator you are the most energized type on the planet you like my cousin is a manifesting generator and she hikes like every single weekend. Like she works out every like day. She used to run like 20 30 miles every week. Like she's just always been that person who is like so insanely active. She plays like volleyball. I'm just like, okay. And I knew this even as a kid cuz she was like would wanna go on bike rides and we were always like running around and I'm like, why do I just want to watch a movie, <laughs> you know? Cuz I'm a projector. Um but you want someone as a manifesting generator to like help you help encourage you to release that energy Mm -hmm. or someone who can keep up with you so i'm not saying that manifesting generators can't ever date projectors or reflectors which are are more like restful types Mm -hmm. but something that projectors can do or reflectors if you're dating a manifesting generator is help encourage them to find an outlet for that energy like it can be creative tell them to like start going to like pottery classes or tell them to join a gym and like go to these classes like you don't have to do the things with them but you can encourage them to find those outlets so that they can burn that energy out so then when they're chilling and they're they're rested y'all can do stuff together that isn't them feeling like oh my God, like energizer bunny, you're getting irritated with that as well. You know?
1: That makes so much sense. (laughs) I can see too, it's like a projector where our energy is really up and down. Like having somebody around that is always like, it's it's almost, it's overstimulating really, but that's a really good way to like approach it.
0: Yeah. And that's the whole thing of like knowing their type and honoring, honoring their tendencies and helping Mm -hmm. Encourage this behavior in them that's good for them, but also not losing your autonomy, right? Like, just because I'm a projector and you're a manifesting generator doesn't mean I need to start going on runs with you and hiking every day mm-hmm. if that doesn't feel good to me. But I can encourage you to have your own autonomy to do those things while maybe I'm at home doing my yoga and you're up for a run. So it's like we both can work out, but we're doing our own thing that honors our own energy. And we're helping each other just create more alignment because when you're each in your own alignment, it's only going to help your relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: And I feel like, it, you know, it's just like knowing your partner's love language, right? Like whether it's quality time or physical touch or whatever, it may be different than yours, but like learning, that and knowing that about each other really helps you kind of come together. And I, I think that applies in in all relationships, not even just romantic ones, right? Like friendships, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, your cousin. Like a lot of my friends are generators and gens. and so you know we've we've learned how to balance that, and you know how that works for for our friendship. I feel I feel like we could do like a deep dive episode of me talking. I'm down <laughs> for it. Listen, <laughs> well, I think we could probably do that at some point down the line. That is so cool. I. Have you been able to or is it something that you you have to do with a chart where you can kind of like recognize like I know with tools like the Enneagram it can be kind of easy to like, I mean not like judge somebody without knowing their chart but like you know what I mean like it can can kind of easy to kind of pick up on some traits and things without having their chart in front of you because I know like I have a date this weekend, but I'm not going to be like, hey, what is your birth date time and place so I can pull your chart?
0: Oh, my God. I'm gonna know, like myself right now, but I'm chronically online. So I make TikTok references all the time. Have you heard that audio? That's like someone cooked here. Have yes. You heard someone- <laughs> I think about that when like you said that I thought about like a guy or someone like already having their like big three or like their birthday and yeah. time already available and the, them like saying that if you ask and the first thing that would come to mind would be like someone I'm cooked here because <laughs> no guy is knowing his birth info unless right? someone has asked him before <laughs> right um no no and that's the thing too like for first dates this might be really hard. Like you might not be able yeah. to like apply this to like someone that you just started dating, but once you feel comfortable and get to that point, you could definitely ask them for their birth info and pull their chart. If that's something you, yeah. if they'd be open to, and you'd be open to, unfortunately, I don't think human design is as easy. And I mean, I feel like pop astrology makes you feel like you could identify people's design yeah. or their type And I mean, I don't, I would say most people don't know that I'm an Aries because I don't give Aries vibes. And then I tell them and they're just like, oh, but the same things with human design. Like you can't really guess someone's type, especially if you're newer to the system, it would be really hard because people can be like Taylor Swift's a projector. Like no one would ever think that she's a restful type, right? Because she's. So, like, on tour and always doing stuff. So, it's like, it looks so different on different mm-hmm. people, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. That is such a fun little fact. Yeah. Well, I was asking because <laughs> I was, so if you haven't watched when we're recording this, only the first four episodes of Love Is Blind <laughs> dropped of season five. And I was going to ask if you had thoughts on like the different people in the pods. Um, oh, this is a great question. Because, like, what I what I was thinking about, I don't remember her name, but the girl who was, like, just straight up lying when, U- I think it was Uche was asking her questions about her life and, like, where oh. she lived and what she did. And she was just, like, making shit up on the fly. First of all, how did you make it through? Um, yeah. But it was, like, is that, like, her trying to, like, reflect what she thought Uche wanted to hear?
0: Oh, my god! I was going to see if you
1: had any thoughts.
0: That was really weird. I, yeah, I didn't even really, I feel like she was s- s- talking, but I didn't understand anything she was saying. And I have subtitles on when I watch shows. So I'm like reading. i rewound it like, three times. Yeah. I'm like, what? She was very mysterious. Um, I mean, we could guess maybe that she put, could potentially be a manifester, just like yeah. having that closed aura and like we mm. can't really get her or understand her. Manifestors can also have a hard time communicating, so she clearly had a hard time communicating what was was happening internally, Um, but yeah, I feel like Uche is, to me, giving, like, manifesting generator vibes because he's a lawyer, but then he also has his own software business, and manifesting generators are people who tend to have like a lot of multiple things going on in their life and they're very forward thinking and he's very like ambitious and thinking about the future so i would guess that he's probably more manifesting generator lydia definitely gives me like either generator or manny gen vibes she's she's very loud and like gives that hyper vibe but i don't know if that's authentic to me like it feels forced Okay. So I think so, she has an undefined G center, definitely. Like, I think she is trying to find her identity. Yeah. Um. Like I said in the voice notes we were talking about, like, people who are confident don't need to constantly tell everyone around them that they're confident, you know? <laughs> it's like the you say it, the less I believe you are.
1: <laughs> What's funny is I just had a completely unrelated conversation with a friend about work, and she was like, I'm having really bad imposter syndrome And like, there's all these people who are like doing the most, but what they're doing isn't actually beneficial. And I was like, and therein is the difference, right? Like it's, you don't have, if you're actually like confident and good at what you do, you don't have to like shout it from the rooftops, but I would love, okay, we got to talk about Lydia and Aaliyah and Uche, non-human design, but like, yes, I struggle with Lydia a lot. Like we've talked about, like she I think she's just straight up trying to get famous on the show. Like, I don't... Because I feel like, even if her and Uche were a real thing at some point, the way she like, what killed me wasn't that you know, like, I get why they didn't tell Aaliyah right away. Like, I get why Uche didn't. Mm -hmm. But it was the way that she like met, like really just integrated herself into Aaliyah's like, life and narrative in the pod's that was really just kind of like a big red flag for me when all of this came to light. Like clearly she has some ulterior motives and especially when she kept talking about, like when Aliyah said, I don't want to know anything about him and she just kept telling her. Yeah.
0: I also, yeah, I definitely feel like if I was in Lydia's shoes, I probably would not have uh, befriended Aaliyah the way she did. Yeah. You know? And secondly, I definitely would not be, like, spilling all these details about him, you know. And I definitely wouldn't have said, oh, we had sex three months ago. Like, yeah. that's, like, especially Wish- if she's supposed to be your friend. Like, why would you say that to, like, I would let that either never be spoken yeah. or let Uche bring that up to her yeah. if he feels like that needs to be needs to happen but I can also see potentially from the other side of people being like well
1: we're friends so she should know everything about this guy well I think I think maybe I don't I don't care that she told him that they slept together three months ago I feel like as a single person like as long as one of them told me I would want to know that especially going yeah. into a situation where the end game is like proposal before you see this person True. but it's all of the other little details about his life that if he and Aaliyah decided to, if Aaliyah had not decided to leave the experiment, like, she would have learned those things. And that's part of the discovery. Like, now she's going in, it does the exact opposite of what Uche wanted to do, which was maintain the integrity of the experiment. Now, some of, we don't know how it was edited. We all know that that's a big deal with this show. But, like, based on the evidence we have, like- It's really interesting. I am, I am sad for Aaliyah because I feel like she just kind of was like, got shit on and all of this and then had to leave and then left the experiment, which honestly I think was a really bold move for her.
0: No, I, I agree 100%. And I mean, I have been, like I said, I married my high school sweetheart, so I've, I've never dated really as an adult. I mean, we had our, our, college, you know, so even then, does that count as an adult? No. No, like mid 20s up I've never actually dated so I feel like my point of view is very different but I was feeling like everyone was crying and getting so emotional about a three-month relationship and I was just like that is not very long like I was surprised that like Uche was like crying about it and I was like you didn't even like her you said you weren't even in love with her but you're crying like, I'm really confused why you're so emotional about this.
1: Yeah. So for me, it was more that he said that he wasn't, like, in love with her, didn't care about it, and then was crying about it. Like, yeah. I feel like it really depends on the relationship as far as, like, duration. Because I do think, too, like, especially right now at my age at 36, like if I'm spending three months with somebody, it's because I like can see a future with them. And like, I'm invested. Otherwise it's probably not going to get that far because I've created a life that I really enjoy. And I'm only making space for people who add to that.
0: Yeah. And,
1: um, or if I'm still talking to you in three months, it's because we decided to be friends. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, so, I feel like at 36, it's definitely a different answer than when I was 25. Yeah. But I, it's the way he presented it as like not being a big deal. And I, and like we talked about, I worry about Milton. He's a little nugget and I want to protect him at all costs. I love Milton. I don't know what it's it is
0: about him, but I like, same. Like, I just like want to protect him. And I feel like Lydia, and I, I don't know if Uche also like, drove this thought but he was kind of saying like I think Lydia's just here looking for a ring and all this stuff and I definitely don't feel like what she has with Milton is genuine and I feel like it was definitely kind of a second choice to who also had his own drama with Johnny and I forget his the girl he picks name
1: I I forget but I'm not a fan (laughs) not a fan of her I don't
0: feel like she really likes him
1: I don't think she does I don't
0: think she likes the way he looks because when Mm -hmm. they met she didn't have anything to say and he was all like you're gorgeous oh my god you're so beautiful and like she didn't say a word so I'm like this isn't gonna work she's she's gonna dump him I can already tell
1: I feel like it's like the Kwame Chelsea and then whoever it was that was was in that like I can't remember her name but like that dynamic kind of like repeated a little yeah. bit but
0: final yeah. thoughts though I have yes. to say this like I absolutely love that Chris did not take Johnny back like same flabbergasted same. I thought he was going to me and my husband were convinced he was going to take her back so he could still I'm be so our or whatever but I was like so impressed that he was like I'm going to choose someone who always chooses me and I was like you're going to get so many girls now just because yes. you did this
1: <laughs> I love that it made me so happy Okay, so before we go, what are some resources? Where can people find you? How do people learn more about human design?
0: Yeah, of course. So you can follow me. I hang out on Instagram and TikTok. My handle for both is Your Human Design Coach. And I have uh, a free course that you can join and it gives you video trainings on each of the types so you can learn a little bit more about your energy. I also have a guide that's a personal report of your human design. So then you can really dive deep. It has training videos, journal prompts, action steps. And if you want to do a chart reading, yeah, yeah, I also offer uh, audio chart reading. So if you want my eyes on your design answering specific questions, intuitively showing you what I think is important. Say you want to dive deep into a relationship uh, chart too, you can send, I can do two charts and kind of give you insight on that. So yeah, just reach out to me on Instagram or TikTok, and I'd love to help you understand your energy
1: better. I'll definitely, all of that will be linked in the show notes for this episode. So um We'll have the links to all of Michelle's stuff. It's wonderful. I've done the chart. Um, The guide has been super helpful for me in understanding my type. So thank you again, Michelle. This has been so, so fun. And I do foresee more human design-centered episodes in the future, because I know that we have barely scratched the surface. So that's it for today's episode. Possibly a full Love Is Blind recap in the future, <laughs> TBD. You can always find us on at Ditch the Ick Pod on Instagram and on Patreon. It is patreon.com/ditchtheick. You'll get access to exclusive content and the videos from each recording. So make sure you go over there and support the show. Thanks! Yay! Yeah.